Hello and welcome back to the Off The Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, Brad Morris. Now before we get into this week's podcast, make sure you like and subscribe and give us a five-star rating wherever you are listening to us from. And make sure you are following us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories from around the world of football. And Brad, it's a sad weekend for us as our beloved team of the third round, Kidderminster Harriers, have been knocked out of the FA Cup. Yeah, they were knocked out in just the cruelest of circumstances. We'll get to that because I think we could safely say that we were dealt with a dramatic weekend of action, not just in the FA Cup. I think the whole of football this weekend was pretty decent. It gave us heartbreak, yeah. gave us joy. And it also probably gave us the worst 90 minutes of football I think I've ever seen in my life. In what terms? Really, what terms did you not see either? You're the lucky one. No, I didn't watch it. (laughs) But yeah, it was an absolute crazy weekend, like you say, from the FA Cup to the action that happened around Europe. It was just a very action-packed weekend. But let's crack on with the FA Cup storylines from this past weekend, shall we? Sadly, yeah. Oh, so heartbreaking. Kid image, Stan. They, were, they had it. It was there. Twice. Mm. Twice he got snatched away from them. It's just oh, gut-wrenching, really. Like, led for the majority of their game against Premier League side West Ham United. And then Declan Rice equalises in the 91st of 92 minutes. Declan Rice is the nicest bloke going. But you just know that he's an amazing bloke and yeah, I hate him with all my heart now. Yes. And then he goes to extra time, they hold on for all of extra time until the 121st. Again, I think it was two added on or three added on. I can't remember, we were watching it at the end because we just about got away to see the last five minutes of it, which we now regret completely. Mm. Yeah, and it's just, oh, Jared Bowen at the score and it's just I didn't want it to happen I wanted the magic of Kidderminster's cup run to continue for as long as possible I feel like knowing your mindset you just wanted the views and the video to keep going on but no you have a heart there somewhere I'd like to think yeah I mean it is always great when you see like these lower league teams do extremely well in uh, cup competitions and obviously Kidderminster Harry has been from the National League it's always uh, nice to see a team that low down because obviously, while it may mean nothing to us, oh, um, this is not going to stand it completely. I think they gave it their all, which is all you could ask mm. of them. Yeah, and I think uh, now Russell Penn, like his main focus is making sure the team can catch uh, Brackley Town at the top of the National League North and get back into the conference and then potentially uh, go up again but um, I saw a nice picture after the game I, don't know I wanted to bring this up yes. this, this is why the FA Cup is the best him. <laughs> this is why yeah him and David him and David Moyes sharing a post-match but, yeah, I have some respect for the assistant Jimmy O'Connor yes um, sharing a nice point between them after the game so it they is lovely to see literally Although, just down the road on the stadium <laughs> probably not I mean uh, it's not quite your classic Sir Alex Ferguson with his red wine but hey a pint is a pint and I'm never going to refuse one of them this is the Midlands this is how it works down here 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, have you, said, have you said the specific image it was they were at the desk? So Russell Penn's at his own like massive desk. You got Moyes at his assistant yeah. over, and there's just Jimmy O'Connor's in the corner in his tiny little assistant's <laughs> desk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is quite uh, quite funny to see that. But yeah, um, it is just heartbreaking for Kidderminster and. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how far David Moyes' side can go now into uh, the FA Cup because they've got a all Premier League tie in the fifth round, which we can speak on the fifth round draw uh, in a short while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not bad. Um, mm. I feel like we tie for them. I was going to say we're going to move on because where Kidderminster unfortunately did not succeed, Borehamwood did. Oh, what an absolute! beautiful thing to see uh, obviously for those that didn't see it they took on championship side Bournemouth who are one of the teams of the season in the championship this season however non-league Bournemouth took it to them uh, Boreham Wood sorry, uh, took it to them and Mark Ricketts scoring the winner in the 38th minute and they managed to hold on for the whole second half you see the stats uh, I think I have seen it but I'm just going to have to refresh myself on it but yeah it was a heavy uh, game for them, wasn't it? Yeah, they did very well to survive it, and obviously the celebrations at the end were fantastic. Eighteen percent possession mm. they ended with, Jesus. and one shot on target. Yep, that's the goal. <laughs> the goal was their only shot on target. Yeah. Yeah. I always say this: with football, you can have all the possession and all the shots. However, if you don't put the ball in the back of the net, you can't win games. And Bourbon Wood was case in point. Like you say, 18% possession, one shot on target, and it was the clinical one, and end up going through to the fifth round, which is just absolutely joyous to see for... Look at you, call it with the cliches. <laughs> yeah, but I've always said that in football. You can have... And I will always stand by it. I don't care what... Like I always say, if you're watching a game on TV, it doesn't care about, oh, this team has this much possession, this much. It's the stat in the top left-hand corner that matters. Like you're saying defence wins championships. Not in football. In other sports, he does. Technically, it is football. Right, yeah. <laughs> in the wording, but yeah, if mm. it just adds something with the boring mod result, because I don't know if you'd have seen the story. It was the, the chairman, Danny Hunter, revealed in June 2020 that he had to remortgage his house just so that the club could deal with the financial effects that they suffered from the COVID fallout. So you can just imagine how much the money they're earning from this. Mm. And then you would expect them to be on telly against in their fifth round game, considering where they're going. Like, massive help to them, and it's going to be huge. Yeah. And again, if you look at league form for them as well, they're one point off, uh, like, going up, and they're not far off the top of the league as well, so... They're unbeaten in 14... I want to say it's around that number. But they're so twelve was the last number. They're on a like mad run. And what's even better for them is if you look down, further down the table, Dagenham and Redbridge are in ninth. They've played twenty-seven games compared to Boreham Woods' twenty-three. So that's twelve uh, points available for them. And obviously that would put them top of the table, which is uh, incredible to see. And hopefully, uh, like you say, investment-wise and money-wise. TV money for hopefully the next round and then uh, potentially getting promotion is something that would massively help out Boreham Wood. Yep, and the determined display I now have 
to go to the team that were a complete embarrassment yesterday. What the hell was Leicester City playing at? Uh, I have no idea. Like, you look at that squad, and or you look at the result, and you don't look at the team news, and you think, okay, Leicester must have played a bunch of youngsters in that team and given their Premier League starters a rest. But no, they had such a strong squad. Only Kasper Schmeichel wasn't starting. That isn't a regular. Or that is a regular that didn't play in that game. Like, it's so baffling. I was watching it. Who is the Premier League team here? Yeah. I mean, it just shows the Steve Cooper effect that he's had since going into Nottingham Forest. He's got them playing absolute phenomenal football at the minute. I mean, I know I keep talking about... Bottom of the Championship in like the first seven games. To eighth in the Championship now, so just outside the playoffs. He's just turned this squad around. That's what I've said the form as well. They're like third in the Championship form book. Only Fulham and Blackburn have done better. That actually wouldn't surprise me because like, he has got them playing just light and day difference compared to what they were doing at the start of this season and case on point yesterday beating Premier League side Leicester City 4-1 I mean 3-0 up inside half an hour is just testament to how well he's got them playing they couldn't deal with him mm? it's like everything Forrest did where it was like stuff in the air or just like the speed of everything they played at Brennan Johnson like he was sought after in January, that's where we know about Brentford. How they didn't get that one over the line. Oh, yeah. And then there was the fullback as well, Jed Spence. I've seen him against Arsenal as well, already stood out. He looks quality. Yeah. And he's not even far as player. <laughs> it's ridiculous to see. Um, but yeah, I think I said it a few weeks ago about Leicester City. Is this going to be Brendan's last season with them? It feels like the, the end is nigh. Hmm. Like it's on a downward spiral, and I'm not just saying this from because when you really look dove into it, it's from the end of last season as well when they bottled the top four. Yeah, well, he, he hasn't got them in the top four since he's been appointed. What is it? This is now his yeah, they, third they, or fourth season. They are, they are slowly dropping. Hmm. It, it's, it's that downward curve now. Yeah, I mean the fans obviously had the jubilation of. Uh, Winning the FA Cup last season. The FA Cup win. They were the holders. The holders, and now they just they peaked. Yeah, and they peaked in that moment, and it's yeah. Everything else since then Shame. has gone downhill, and it is looking very shameful for Brendan Rodgers' side. Um, right, let's have a quick roundup of the rest of this weekend's scores. Actually, if I can add that spot with Forest, because we were talking about standout players, but I think for us, is it nice to just have a word on our lone players that were involved as well? Hmm. It's always nice to see some uh, players doing good from our clubs. Obviously, James Garner. Keita Davis is being made to look like an actual competent striker. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, unfortunately for him, he didn't score this past weekend. But yeah. Uh, Did you see his chance there? Hmm? This fan nearly scored one of the goals of the tournament. Yeah, it would have been great to see him score that if it had gone in. But unfortunately, uh, it didn't. But yeah, um, rest of the FA Cup now. It was uh, easiest like for Liverpool on uh, Sunday afternoon as well beating Cardiff City 3-1 Luis Diaz had an instant impact uh, for them he just got the ball when the defender wasn't expecting and it's a small sign of what could come Mm -hmm. Uh, then on Saturday's fixtures it was wins for Tottenham Hotspur, Luton Town, Stoke Southampton, Peterborough, Manchester City Huddersfield, Crystal Palace Norwich City, 
and Chelsea and it was a first win for Frank Lampard as manager of Everton beating Brentford 4-1 uh, obviously can't complain there for Frank nice way to get underway at Merseyside and he didn't need Deli Ali or Donny van der Beek <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, actually could we just quote on because did you see all the stuff about like Deli Ali was presented yeah to the crowd was it Glenn Oddle who was talking about like he looks like he's just coming off the street yeah it was talking about what he was wearing who fucking cares okay my thing is I don't care what you dress like as he, he wasn't involved in the game so why are you having to go at him the team won again so it doesn't matter what he's wearing and even three we want to add a third point here what does a footballing footballer wear make a difference to what you think of them, like how he performs? Like, I know it was one of them, uh, I don't know, I think it was Simon Jordan on TalkSport earlier in the week when he turned up for his first... People have been going for him this week and it's, it's not coincidental. Yeah, like he turned up to his first training session in a Rolls Royce and people were having a go at him. A man's driving... A man drives car to work. <laughs> like, what's the problem? I don't understand why this hate has come up all of a sudden this past week. What's he got to do now? Go out and buy a fucking Mini Cooper? Yeah, like... Just to make himself one of the people. <laughs> Come on. Like, he's a footballer earning a substantial amount of money. He's allowed to have a nice car or turn up wearing what you may think looks like he drives... He's allowed to have a car? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just... just there's nothing wrong with anything he's done. It's not like he's gone out of his way. And if there's anything like the footballers in the ACC, he runs to work. Yes. It's not like you could say he's come up with some, like he was wearing something controversial for that game. He's literally wearing. If he came out wearing a Liverpool shirt, maybe then I would be a bit worse. That's right. Yeah, but he's literally just wearing a pair of trainers, jeans, and a white shirt and a jacket. What's wrong with that? It made no, I don't know. It made no sense. Yeah. Would they've said the same if Donny van der Beek came out wearing all that? Oh, probably not. But like, I don't want to. I don't want to play the race card. But yeah, it's not. It, it course, it just feels too coincidental. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Literally, if they could do anything to uh, mention it without mentioning it, they did it this past week. If that makes sense. It's just. It always seems to be the way. Yeah. Until that's. Too, we got to just normalise just not doing that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, there's been no stories this week on, oh, well, Donny van der Beek turned up in a Ferrari FKK. Why aren't we talking about that? Or uh, he looked like a tramp off the street because of what he was wearing. He, you don't hear that about white footballers, do you? Unless they're named Jack Grealish, then maybe not. Well, yeah. But it is just a ridiculous thing to see still happen. Um, right, let's get back to the football anyway. And um, well, don't get, well, yeah, back to football because are you, are you trying to avoid what happened on Friday night? No, I was just about to get to it. Um, again, another lower league side knocking out a Premier League team. This time it was Middlesbrough knocking out Manchester United eight seven on penalties. Um, Jesus Christ, United can't finish their fucking dinner, can they? That you can't do shit. Ronaldo has become average in this team. He's a detriment to your squad. Yeah, 
I mean, honestly. It's been talked about now. It's actually quite bad that he is almost unsubbable. But we know he isn't because he's been took off already. And maybe that needs to happen more often. Yeah. But I think the problem this past weekend was the options that they had off the bench. I mean, the subs they made were Anthony Alanga for Marcus Rashford, Fred for Pogba, Jones for Varane and Mata for Sancho. Now you then look at the bench and you think, right, who could we potentially bring on in that game for Ronaldo? Like the only other option was you take him off and you go defensive and bring on Matic, or you bring on nineteen-year-old uh, Hannibal Medjbrief, uh, who's obviously not long came back from the African Cup of Nations. Yes, I don't know. I mean, I, can't, I keep bringing out this line: should they have brought depth in the transfer window? But you said no. It's one of them, like I said uh, on going to extra time, or it may have even been Friday's podcast, they weren't ever going to make uh, signings because of not having a permanent manager. And Ralph Rangnick said, we had apparently we have too much depth, and that's why they allowed the likes of Martial van der Beek to go out online. Too much depth? There's no, there's, there is never such a thing as too much depth. Yeah, but I think it was one of them that some of them players, obviously Van der Beek and Martial, weren't playing at the club, so he, they wanted he to would rather so he would rather have less players in his squad if it means that. Wait, no, like I'll reword that. So he would rather have less players in the squad rather than like a quality in depth. Yeah, it was. I know some managers are like that. They'd rather have a smaller talent pool to pick off than have too so, many. It's so simple to come start bringing out the excuse, oh, I haven't got the players because of all these injuries. Mm. Like, you know how to solve that? Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Ronaldo missing his penalty was uh, awful. And then, obviously, Anthony Alanga uh, missing his as well. It's In the shootout. For context, Alanga missed in the shootout. Ronaldo missed in normal time. But, yeah, let's make that clear. Um, so, yeah, that was... Um, Sad to see, and it means United are likely to go another year without a trophy unless they somehow drastically win the Champions League. But I don't see that happening yes, because get the violins out, people. Five years without a trophy is so heartbreaking for a big club, it is heartbreaking. Try 20 fucking years, <laughs> playoffs count as a trophy. 25 years, 25 plus years of proper major trophies. I'm on about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, major trophy was yes. Uh, it's been a while, right? Um, I'm surprised you haven't started crying VAR justice. Let's not get. I mean, I was told you about. It. I, mean, I don't want to. But <laughs> we did speak about the whole handball incident. Uh, just why have they ever made this handball rule so complicated? It should be simple. Fingertips to your shoulder. <laughs> if it touches it, it doesn't matter where it is or who it's for or who it's against. It's a handball. That's simple. That's the, that's the whole rules of what football were. Football used to be a basic sport where anybody could take it up. All you need was football and then either um, bags or jumpers or coats, whatever, for goalposts. Hence the old TV show, Jumpers for Goalposts. And for the younger generation, the game, Jumpers for Goalposts that you could play on the computer. They've now made <laughs> football a complex a fucking reference. sport. It's a reference that I'm sticking by. You've made football it's a good one, complicated with. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Thank you. You've made wow. football complicated with a stupid reason in a handball. Like last season, that's given it as a handball, and 
is rolled out. Why change it now? Didn't I know we're probably being silly at this, but wasn't it like interpreted in a way that because the handball was in the assist, it it counts. It it's completely fine. Yeah. Which means which basically means so I could just ha- like grab the ball if I don't throw it to my striker, <laughs> he can just head it in into a goal. Then. It it does seem to be that way. <laughs> probably going too like far, I said, just but go back to <laughs> that's what it always feels like. Yeah. Just go back to the old way. If it touches your hand, it's a handball. Like, obviously. I don't think that, but I think in that situation, it affects it playing. Yeah. It's accidental, but it's a handball. Well, well, it's unfortunate. I, I don't think he's getting... I can't remember who the player was now. From Duncan Middlesbrough. Was it? Watmore. It was, it, was, it was Duncan Watmore. I wasn't too sure whether it was or him or not. Uh, but if he doesn't control that with his hand, that's going away from him and either out for a play for out of play for a throw in. I don't know if he goes he, out of play. He struggles he, to... It makes it a lot more difficult he, for him to then get the ball back across. Yeah, he goes away from the goal in that sense. Mm-hmm. Right, anyway, uh have a look now on to the fifth round draw. So Crystal Palace will play Stoke City. Uh Champions League holders Chelsea will travel to Luton Town, which they did in last season's FA Cup. Uh, Middlesbrough play host to Tottenham Hotspur Southampton play West Ham Nottingham Forest play Huddersfield Town Liverpool host Norwich Everton play host to non-league Boreham Wood and Manchester City once again avoid all the big teams and face Peterborough United Corruption <laughs> At its absolute finest I was joking and no, it's allegedly, allegedly I'm joking It's a joke We're not accusing them of anything Hmm it is weird though. It's extremely weird how they somehow managed, like we said, managed to avoid all the big teams until the latter stages of the tournament, like the semi-finals or the final. It's it's something that needs to be thought about. Like, how does this continually happen? Just it's pure luck. Like it is pure yeah. luck, and it's astonishing. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, let's I have a look at I the. Think, I feel like we have to say on a board. We're getting Everton there. Yeah, it's obviously. I said they knew this not... like before the game as well, so there was the incentive to win. Look what happens if we mm. win this game, and they're away as well, so they mm-hmm. can afford to take a massive, massive away following. Unfortunately, you have to go to Goodison Park, which away following is the side of the pitch, and it's awful. As much as I want this on telly, the worst outcome would be because of where Bournemouth is if they force them to travel up to Everton at like for a half twelve kickoff. Well, from what I know, and I'm just having a look here, is that all games are midweek. Oh, that's even worse. All games are happening. Yeah, all games are kicking off at 7.45 on a uh, Wednesday, the 2nd of March. Oh, Christ. That's Yeah, that's yeah. that's going to be a pretty bad travel for Bournemouth fans, but worth it. Yes, because imagine them getting through to the quarterfinals. Oh, it's the, the biggest shock ever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a bit of Premier League action this past weekend. I know some of you may not have actually believed it, but there was between uh, Burnley and Watford in a game that finished nil nil. Now, admittedly, I didn't watch it because why would I watch Burnley versus Watford? But I mean, have you got anything from the game? Did you actually believe me when I said I had five bullet points at the start before we started recording? <laughs> No, but I was expecting you to at least have one bit of notes. I do, actually, yeah. Right. So I wrote down, the weather was shit, 
and internal screaming. Yeah, don't know what that was about. I mean, whether shit uh, this whole past weekend in the UK was shit and internal screaming. I take it that's from I mean, having that, to That's just my thoughts on a page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is horrendous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just having a look at the stats here, seven shots out of 24 on target. Nothing else happened. Nothing worth writing home about. It says a lot when the the, to... when the main highlight was actually the post-match interviews and trying to see Ben Foster and Roy Hudson do it when it's just the wind battering them. Yeah. Poor Roy. That's 76 years old. He shouldn't have to deal with that. Yeah, just get him inside, keep him warm. Can we go back to the inside interviews again? Yeah. Uh, we just, like The UK has changed its... Covid stuff, so it should surely be able to be done back inside now. I feel like they do the pre-match ones indoors, but they don't do post-match. It's stupid. Get rid of it. Mm, exactly. Um, what the result now means for both sides? Obviously, Watford jump ahead of Newcastle based on having a better goal difference, but both teams still remain in the relegation zone. Watford do have a game in hand over Norwich, whilst uh, Burnley still have a few games in hand because. They went that what felt like a whole year without playing. Yeah, like, I feel like a lot of the thoughts around this is everyone saying, "Oh God, both of these lot need relegating." Like I don't want to pull yeah. in on that because I don't wish relegation on any team. No, I've been wishing it on Burnley for a good few years now because I'm just bored of watching them in the Premier League. I've always said it in a joking manner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a long time for both of them still, and. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Burnley can do when it comes to their like congestions of fixture coming up because obviously they'll be it'll be one of them where uh, for a period of time they could be playing like Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, whatever. And they've uh, got so Liverpool coming up, so they're going to you know always look to get one against them. Just a piss Jurgen Klopp mm. up, which is something we all love to see. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Right, uh, let's head over to the European games now this week and we'll start off in Germany where it was a bad weekend for uh, Borussia Dortmund losing 5-2 to Bayer Leverkusen. What happened there? No idea. Is this Dortmund's yearly, like, this? we're going to absolutely F this up? Yeah, and just hand Bayern Munich the title already, like... It was just strange. Like they themselves didn't score until the 89th minute when Stefan uh, Tig scored because the goal that was pulled back for the equaliser was an own goal from uh, Jeremy Frimpong. So it was just a really bad game for them. Uh, once again, Florian Verts doing what he does best and continually scoring for uh, Leverkusen. And I genuinely don't see that man being at that team next year. Yeah, like, he'll, he's look, too he'll, he'll look them. good behind Robert Lewandowski next season, won't he? Well, yeah. If Lewandowski's still above. Well, yeah. Remember, there was all the rumours him going and then. Yeah. We can talk about that in the future. Uh, but he did actually score this weekend for Bayern Munich as they beat RB Leipzig 3 2. A uh, comfortable game for Munich in the end. And like you say, it extends their lead at the top of the Bundesliga to nine points. Uh, next over to Spain where Barcelona managed to come back uh, from being 1-0 down to end up beating uh, Atletico Madrid 4-2 and it was a debut assist for Adama Traore 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. I said he could deliver, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if you just let him do his thing, don't let him. Be, Which is don't let him focus on like the finishing aspect. Like he's a career. Mhm. Yeah. And it but, absolutely worked for him. And the result sees them uh, leapfrog Atletico Madrid into the top four. They're they're coming for a Champions League spot. They might just save it. Yeah. Yeah. But the big uh, talking point elsewhere... was, how did we not mention Jordi Alba's goal? Oh, I mean, what a beautiful strike that was. Did he intend that? It looked like a miss kick. Uh, I feel like we'll he did, know. but it, it really didn't look like he actually volleyed it. Yeah, it's one of them that's quite hard to say. Like, you could say he did, but at the same time, he's like, mm, did he actually? I think it was because of how yeah, well, slow it all looked. <laughs> as well it was yeah. just weird uh, elsewhere in La Liga this weekend Real Madrid uh, beat Granada 1-0 uh, despite leaving it late 16 minutes from time Marco Asensio scored the winner there Valencia held Real Sociedad to a 0-0 draw so Real Madrid remain top of the table but uh, then Sevilla in second Real Betis in third Barcelona in fourth in France this past weekend Lionel Messi actually scored uh, which now makes it he scored in every calendar year since 2005 as PSG beat Lille 5-1 is this how it works? like have we finally figured it out if Ronaldo doesn't play as good Messi doesn't either it does seem to be the way because that's the only if Ronaldo's not there scoring like 20 goals in 15 games Messi's not doing it either yeah they both need each other to score the goals to be playing well. But yeah, it's strange how little goals Messi has scored this past uh, season in Liege 1 for PSG. But I mean, we say it every year, just hand them the title already. Yeah, I feel like someone already has. Yeah, I mean, 13 points between them and Marseille. In second, that is. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, Marseille themselves won 5-2 on Friday night against Angers with uh, Arcadius Milik scoring a hat-trick in that game for them. Elsewhere, uh, Monaco beat Lyon 2-0. Now over to Italy, and it was a dream debut for Dusan Vlahovic and Denis Zakaria as Juventus beat Hellas Verona 2-0. I mean, already showing their money worth. Vlahovic itself worth it like the price was obviously inflated because he's on amazing form Zachary yeah, was available for 7 goddamn million yeah which is just mental to see how little he was available for and the fact that Juventus were the only team that actually made a move for him that we officially know of yeah. well, if, you look, if you're a Manchester United you, teams. you need to be kicking yourselves for not even attempting yeah, it is annoying, but if he can continue to do that the rest of the season, even if it's not scoring in every game, if he pops up with, like, say, by the end of the season, five or six goals and he manages to get to double-figure assists, it could be a real help for Juventus as they try and push uh, further up the table. Obviously, this weekend's results sees them jump above Atalanta into the uh, top four spot. Let's how far Napoli they are be- off the how far are they actually off the top? Eight points off uh, Inter Milan. I would gather they've got to play all that lot as well, so I don't want to rule them out. I know it's weird to say, but I just and don't want to do it. 
and Inter Milan do have a game in hand, but it wasn't for them this weekend as they lost the Milan derby 2-1 with Olivier Giroud scoring a brace. That man knows how to score in the big games. Yeah, he literally is the big game goal scorer when it's needed. Um, And obviously that now means that there's a one-point gap between Inter, Napoli and AC Milan. Like Inter on 53 and then 52 points for AC Milan and Napoli uh, respectively but like I said Inter do have that game in hand over them it's just not a thing it's on the rise isn't it in Italy yeah like we don't get one very often imagine you put Juventus in that as well and it's a four-way oh, absolutely brilliant but yeah that's all the weekend's uh, talking points and we'll finish off uh, now as we have a Premier League match day or match week to look forward to do we you don't even want to talk about AFCON we can get to that in a second. We'll save the goodness. Which is the way you'd word it then. So, yeah, we're finished with the weekend's action. <laughs> well, the club action. We can get to the African in a second. Uh, so, in the Premier League on Tuesday, we have Newcastle Everton, West Ham Watford, and Burnley versus Manchester United. And then on Wednesday, we have Spurs versus Southampton, Manchester City, Brentford, Norwich Crystal Palace, Aston Villa versus Leeds United. And then on Thursday, Liverpool, Leicester, and Arsenal travel down to Wolverhampton. Oh, travel up to Wolverhampton, not down to. You can't travel down from North London to the Midlands. It's impossible to do. No, I was going to say, I've never done that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good uh, week of football. At least we have something to look forward to. Um, any I, standout game there you think is going to... Uh, well, obviously my eyes on the Villa Leeds. Because it's always mm-hmm. a big, pretty big game when we play them. Yeah. And, and two teams that are roughly in the same place in the table as well. I think there's like a few places between them, but it is excuse quite me, close. We're not points. anywhere near a relegation battle. But there's uh, there's four points between you. So if they win it, it's uh, only a one point gap between the pair of you. So don't be getting too excited just but We yet. don't will that into existence, all right? So shut your face. <laughs> I think also a game that I'm really looking forward to is Liverpool Leicester yeah there is Sleep. I have to say there is very much a potential for what I saw this weekend but Liverpool's absolutely battered them yeah and obviously if then other results go against Leicester you could see them slowed right down the table to as low as 14th this week if other does that put them in a guess about does it go on go on yeah yes <laughs> No, I don't think Leeds are involved in our relegation. I think Everton below are. Yeah, but Everton, like after this week, they'll probably get themselves out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, now on to the African Cup of Nations. So it was the final yesterday between uh, Senegal and Egypt, and it was the Battle of Liverpool as Mane took Mo Salah, and Sadio Mane was the winner this time, scoring the winning penalty as they won 4-2. Yeah, nice for Senegal to win the African Cup of Nations for the first time in their history. Yeah, honestly, yeah, they first finally won. They, they were like the best team to never win it because Senegal has always had like a massive influx of talent, and has just never mm-hmm. delivered. Yeah, strange thing though, Mo Salah didn't take a penalty, and that is the age-old question: as if your best penalty taker is there, what position do you take him as? Yeah, I never fully agree. With all that, I feel like if the situation changes and you need a goal, just send him. Yeah, but they've just, done like Egypt did on three penalty shootouts, so they had their strategy. And I feel like the goalkeeper 
because of how well he'd done in the game itself. There was they had a lot mm. of hope in him. Yeah, I mean that I think that was in the overall that was their fourth extra time. I think every game out of the group stages they went to extra time, which is just crazy to see. It's crazy to see, but it's male sort of damning and the quality. Yeah. But one thing I do want to speak on uh, after the game was what the hell was that with the whole trophy presentation? I've missed all these people going on about what happened. Was it something like they so made Koulibaly go and shake the hands of like people in The suits? Cameroon president. He was just the Cameroon president. Like, so he, Gianni Infantino and... Uh, Kaladu Kulabali were like pitch side ready to get the trophy like handed the trophy over but for some reason Infantino told him that he had to go up to where the president or yeah I think it's president of Cameroon was sat so then he could hand over the trophy to him and then instead of like you know sometimes you see the celebration takes place in the stands around the fans and they do the trophy he literally, should do. Yeah, he literally got given the trophy and then just ran back down like he didn't even lift the trophy in the air there he just went yeah cool thanks and bye and went back to celebrate with the rest of the cynical players and coaching staff why would he lift the trophy like there when his team uh, I, is down on the pitch I have no idea so literally COVID just completely fucked everything because nobody people are afraid to go back to the old like way of doing it mm. we've said it so why yeah. would the Wembley steps never be used again yeah it's crazy. Like so, it was like a whole four five minute ordeal of just him having to wait to get the trophy just so that fan could give it him. He's like, just why? Or the president should have said, just why? Just fuck off. Why are they on the pitch? That's yeah, where all yeah. the boards are. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you think you're yeah. gonna? Yeah, it's just absolutely uh, crazy to see. Yeah, made this. Yeah, I'm the just... other thing that pissed me off a little bit. What? Like. I would say, like, the thoughts of this whole Afghan tournament as a whole, it's probably been the most engaging that we've seen of, of this tournament in particular. It's given us some funny mm. moments, like... But it just feels like there's still a way to go, really, in terms of its coverage as well, because the moment it, it pissed me off, man. So Mane scores the winning penalty. Mm-hmm. What's the commentator's first reaction? Not the main... It wasn't really the main commentator... It was more the co-commentators just over-talking about, oh, look how amazing that penalty was. Look, he, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Power placement. Don't talk about that. Mm. So they all have just won the, the fucking tournament. Yeah, for the first time it, ever. Like, bodies everywhere for Senegal celebrating. That We just hear is, well, you got to put it in the corner, mate. That's how you do it. It's like, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, let them enjoy the moment and... Uh, reap the rewards of winning the tournament for the first time ever. Yeah, I think like, that's what should be spoken about. Mini ran over. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the final bit of news this past week it came out. I, uh, I hate shouting in this um, place as well because the like, soundproofing is terrible. <laughs> yes. Um, so the final bit of news talking points uh, this it came out today uh, for us. That uh, the English, well, the UK uh, FAs and the Republic of Ireland have announced that they are pulling out of a bid for the 2030 World Cup and instead are going to be doing a joint bid for Euro 2028. So it was announced 
I think may have been 2019 or 2020 that they were planning to do a joint bid for the World Cup but after the events of the Euros last summer they were told that it was too risky to hold a uh, World Cup and like apparently a lot of other nations were against the UK holding the FA Cup um, the World Cup sorry so how do we go and solve that well let's just have the tournament two years earlier I mean, it's a different tournament, but still, yes. It oh, is the difference is fans are still arseholes. Yep. Um, and... any... Of course, we're still not going to get given it. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no chance that it's going to happen over here. Um, there's obviously, I think, another two years to go until we find out who... Oh, no, sorry. Uh, the host is expected to be chosen at the end of next year. I was going to say, this one wouldn't be as long, would it? Yeah, it's the World Cup one that's usually like three, four years uh, before. So, uh, confirmed bids to plan to bid for the tournament. We have Romania, Greece, Bulgaria and Serbia as a joint one. Turkey as a sole nation. And uh, obviously this confirmed United Kingdom and Republic of Ireland one. And then expressed interest Italy hosting it solely. Russia hosting it solely. And then joint bids from uh, Spain and Portugal, so they're either going to do the 2028 Euros or the 2030 World Cup, and then uh, the Scandinavian countries, so Denmark, Faroe Islands, Finland, Iceland, Norway, and Sweden. Yeah, like that was that was a lot of info to process. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> however, we won't find out until, like I said, next year who gets it and everything else, but. It is going to be interesting, but like you say, I don't think the United Kingdom will get it after what we saw last summer in the Euros. I would be very surprised, but then again, UEFA. Yeah, and money talks as well, so we never know what's going to happen. Right, that is the end of this week's podcast. We'll be back later on this week to have a look at all the um, midweek fixtures that take place and then look ahead to the weekend's talking points and games and anything else that happens during the week. Uh, but positive news is this time next week we'll be getting ready for the Champions League to return I mean I'm not involved in the Champions League I couldn't care less obviously you personally aren't involved in the Champions League I was a neutral I could be a fan and trust me you'll be joining me soon because you're not going out we can talk about that next week (laughs) anyway make sure you uh, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and follow us on Twitter at Pod for all the latest news and stories and until then it's goodbye from Brad see ya and it's goodbye from me we'll see you soon